I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bandura. And tell them George sent you. LMCT 6595. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Another week, another episode on Football Nation Radio of State of Our Football Nation. Uh, my co-host is Bakua Frimpong. Uh, not calling the football at the moment because it's in hiatus, uh, but she is doing a thousand other things. Mad- massive Arsenal fan, huge lover of the game, Getting very excited because we're under a month now away from the World Cup Down Under, which features Australia and New Zealand and the rest of the world. How many nations are coming down under, Pakua? Oh, my days, George. That's a whole, <laughs> is it 32? Or am I, my, my Plenty wrong? are oh, coming. Oh the God. world's coming. We've got guests from around the world. And can I just say, I've heard some outstanding news today. Marvel Stadium will be nigh on capacity for the send-off game. I think it's one seat left. And it may have a restricted view. (laughs) Uh, It'll be Australia, the Matildas against France, should be an absolute belter. Uh, The atmosphere alone will be, you know, like lighting a match. It'll be super exciting. Um, And I'm thrilled to bits to be able to reach out via Zoom to a place called Sydney. You've heard of. Sydney Avenue Pakua. When are you heading to Sydney Pakua? I believe it's July 14th. You're a special guest of 14th, our, I think. Our yes. very first guest. Um, our very first guest is a, uh, a woman of many talents, publisher, founder, creator, business owner, a strategist, author, writer, uh, dare I say, whistleblower. She's helped to build the football culture in this country, and Lord knows we needed to give it every best effort to to improve. And she's done it by uh, being right there and providing and facilitating uh, a host of different people and giving them a chance to share their stories. Um, she's a former senior executive with the Australian government in finance, in health, in aged care and education and in sport. Uh, please welcome Benita Mercedes. Welcome. Hi, George. Hi, Pakua. How are you Did both? I pump up your tyres enough? Uh, no, I must admit, I sort of thought, where, where's, where's that crumb? Oh, no, where <laughs> no. is he going? Where's he going? Look, <laughs> for, can I also take this opportunity to please pass on our uh, deepest sympathies and uh, prayers to the family. You've lost someone very, very close to you uh, that meant the world to you, and, uh, uh, and I can understand how difficult the last month has been, but can I take this opportunity to say thank you for coming on? You've been so, so busy, and then you've had that personal tragedy which, uh, which has affected the whole family. And you haven't stopped. You. you haven't stopped. And you've got a, a humongous festival of football. Um, tell us more about it. it. It's not far away now. 
No, uh, as of Saturday, it's three weeks to go, um, and which means it's three weeks and four days or something till the actual World Cup kicks off as well. Oh, no. And, yeah, the Football Writers Festival has become a little bit bigger than Ben-Hur. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it's three days. It's an absolute fantastic lineup of people we probably won't see assembled in Australia for some time to come, if ever again, uh, in terms of their independent yeah. thinking, um, the fact that, you know, they're not aligned to any sort of official football entity, that sort of thing. They, they, um, they're they authors, they're writers, they're journalists, commentators. Um, so it'll be, it's a really good mix of people, both internationally and locally. Uh, Benita, I'm just going to say, for the younger members in the audience, um, we need to explain the value of Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur was a superb <laughs> movie that won four million awards when it was first released. I've actually seen it, Starred a guy called Charlton Heston. Really? I have. Bakua. I was- George, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a period in my life I was extremely obsessed with uh, movies from that era of time. Wow. Eclectic obsessed. filmmaker. Yeah. Of Good film. De jure. Uh, <laughs> Pakur Frimpong, um, who, by the way, will also be one of your guests at the uh, Writers' Festival. I'm excited. I'm yeah. very, very excited. How are you going to yeah. use her? Are you going to use her talents up front with a microphone or <laughs> at the back with a microphone? Oh, no, absolutely up front. Pakur is going to be part of one of the, the showpiece um, parts of the whole festival. So We're having a, a great debate on whether the Women's World Cup will be a game changer for football in Australia, which is an important issue. Huge and issue. I think, Huge. Um, you know, there, there are people who are passionate about it, both from a, uh, an affirmative perspective and those from the negative perspective. And so it'll be um, a really interesting debate. Um, one of the things, though, about the festival, which I think is good and why it's important to bring people together face to face sometimes. Um, it's all very respectful. So you can have you can disagree with someone passionately, but it's you disagree politely <laughs> and 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 uh, it's very respectful and people are just happy to have the discussion. And I've sort of been reflecting on why that's the case. And I think it's because with social media people hide behind who they are. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, most people, some people don't even say who they are, yeah. but even those that do, they sort of take on a persona of being a bit meaner and gruffer and everything than what they might otherwise be in person. Yeah, Coward's so Castle. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to hide behind uh, uh, some sort of or some style of avatar and then say whatever you wish. It's the worst form of, of, of um, you know, people being allowed to publish. You're a publisher. You understand the responsibility and you have allowed a fabulous gallery of, of writers from around the world uh, and you've supported them to tell their stories and they've been magnificent. Fair Play uh, Publishing does some tremendous work and already this year we've seen some marvellous publications, some great storytellers out there and you're going to bring some of them here. Who are you looking for to, I know you. Sh- I shouldn't ask you to, to name your favourite child, uh, but who are you looking forward to seeing, Benita? Uh, not the most, but who are you looking forward to seeing first up? Um, well, I guess I'll start with the international crew simply yep. because we don't see them as often, or if if at all. Um, and so, one of my very favourite uh, commentators is Philippe Auclair. Um, he's long been the um, correspondent for France football. He's done a lot of work um, for a long time and most recently with um, Jack Kerr, who is from Melbourne, uh, on gambling and betting and match fixing and that's really important work. Um, 
people I've met over the years, such as Asasu Abayawana, who is from Nigeria, and he's, uh, as he will remind everybody first, he's a lawyer, <laughs> which you can tell as soon as he opens his mouth because he just speaks <laughs> like a lawyer. Hello, all you lawyers out there. Um, but he's also a journalist and has been an important journalist uh, on African football for many, many years with the BBC and other, other magazines. Um, Ines Mazar from Egypt, she is the deputy, she's the sports editor of Al Haram magazine in Egypt. And, you know, she's got an amazing story to tell just simply because how does a woman get to be in that role in Egypt? Um and so, you know, it'll be great to see some of those people and hear some of those stories. And then, of course, there's um, Marcella, and I, I'm not good with my, I have meant to ask Andy Bernal how to pronounce this properly, but <laughs> Marcella Mora Ijarajo, wow, who that's pretty is good. Argentinian. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't and it? From, from Castellano, yeah, country. Yeah, go yeah, on. She, well, she is one of the few people alive who's interviewed the holy Argentine trinity of, of De Stefano, Maradona and wow. Messi. Wow. So that alone, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Well, so De, that, Stefano, you know, De Stefano and Pushkash uh, uh, Benita were the two men that uh, that helped to shape the history that is Real Madrid. Yes, two marvelous footballers, and you know, there's a Pushkash documentary coming, and yes, it's, I, and I it's, have seen that, around, and now it's yes. complete. And they're waiting to do the incidentals and pay off a few other commitments that they have. But you know what resonates even more about the Pushkash documentary? Uh, the piece that includes a guy called Ange Postacoglu. And <laughs> yes. he couldn't be more nascent. He couldn't be more present. He couldn't be more in the uh, bullseye. And I'm just wondering if they might rush the documentary out. What are your, th- what are your thoughts on that? Is that a distinct possibility? Oh, certainly something that they would look at doing for sure. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in that documentary. Uh, it's, it tells yet another um, uh, uh, story about uh, an, an incredible person who no one ever imagined, uh, and especially the Hungarian community, never imagined they would see, ever get to see, the the, the man known as the Galloping Major the, the superstar captain of the great Hungarian side of the late 40s and early 50s, the man who helped, along with the Stefanos we touched on a moment ago, in shaping this, this enormous history that is Real Madrid today. They, they went out of their way and, and, and just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning in a, at a time when it was so important, especially when you're establishing yourself as a, a reputation maker. Um, tell me something. Um, You've had some fabulous books come out this year mm-hmm. and you've got some more to come, especially with the World Cup. Um, has there been one that you've been very, very proud of? I know you're <laughs> proud of all of them, but is there one that just just fits the occasion and has a lot to say? Uh, look, there's quite a few that fit the occasion and, you know, that's that's been deliberate. Um, and, you know, again, that's a bit like asking which is your favourite <laughs> child, know, but... Look, the one I'll mention is one that um, I've compiled and it's called Hear Us Roar, an anthology of emerging women football writers. Um, that came about because of a global competition that we ran. And I actually went to FIFA and to the local organising committee of the World Cup in December or November 2021 and suggested this idea to them and said, you know, what you should do this to encourage young women to be part of of, of football from a different perspective, not just on the game, mm. on the field. 
Um, no response. So I decided sort of, you know, nine months later, I'll just do it myself <laughs> and put to, put together um, an international judging panel. And we got hundreds of entries from around the world, uh, narrowed it down to 17 that we've published in this anthology. Um, and there's 17 people from 11 countries and four of them are coming to the Writers' Festival, um, which is fantastic. Someone, uh, Stephanie from um, Kenya, Alina from Germany, Flora from England and Olga from Brazil. Um, so, and they've all written very different pieces as well as, and the 17 pieces that are in the anthology, you know, some of them are about football business, some of them are player profiles, some of them are personal stories, some of them about development of the game within their own country. So there's some really great and different reads in there. And I think the most encouraging and heartening and a wonderful thing about it is it reminds all of us that football cult, football culture is truly global and um, and just as we know people and and are people who are passionate about the game here so they are all over the world and for some of these young women in particular um and in particular you'll notice there's quite a strong contribution from africa um it's their only contribution it's only opportunity they've had to be published so it's you know it's fantastic that we've been able to do so um, each of the people who have been selected for publication have received a, a small payment, but all of the proceeds from that book when it's sold will go to be split between the Literacy for Life Foundation, which is an Aboriginal adult literacy um, charity, and Thomas Hitzelsberger's Future for Nepal because um, he's put together a charity which is raising money to build a school and a football field in a Nepalese village impacted by the building of the 2022 World Cup. So, you know, it's just such a good story all around from, you know, encouraging young women to, to write, getting, you know, understanding the passion that's so worldwide and then what what's happening with the proceeds is not that anyone's sort of profiting from it. It's just a genuinely good story all around. When you speak about that, you realise the, obviously, the impact of having the access. And the energy. And yeah, the energy having the access to... to pursue your goals and to be able to you know speak about the joys that you have for football particularly you know I'm incredibly passionate of coming from Africa allowing that opportunity to young people there because I recognize how difficult it is and I've got family members who you know love sport and passionate about it but it's also incredibly difficult over there to find people who will give you an opportunity particularly if you are a woman but I want to ask Benita when you're adding these kinds of things into the football writers festival and adding it as another layer how do you go about each year expanding it and, and, and bringing in fresh ideas that allow it to, to grow and be bigger and better than either year it was before? Um, through many sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so true. Relying, bouncing ideas. And we do, we do a, um, a, a survey of everyone afterwards to, to get feedback um, and that's, always very helpful of course not everybody has the same ideas and the same thoughts about what what works and what doesn't because everybody gets different things from it um but literally just sort of thinking around the themes for the year um obviously there's a strong um themes around we call the theme hear us roar it's about women because obviously we're co-hosting the women's world cup Mm. um but getting a theme and then thinking about the 
the speakers and then also looking at the books that have been published over the previous 12 or 18 months as it has been the case this year. I mean, we alone in Fair Play Publishing have published 11 books so far this year and we've got, a oh, sorry, 12 so far this year and another eight to go before the World Cup. I mean, we've, we're just pumping them out at the moment, all on football. Um, but plus there's a couple of other publishers in Australia who have published some books too, so it's, it's good to be able to welcome them to the Writers' Festival like a proper Writers' Festival. Now, you're a long-time football lover. Uh, as I touched on, uh, you have had so many different hats to wear. When I say to you that Marvel will be near capacity, and I mean, we're saying that the gates may well be locked uh, because they've got so many people, imagine the atmosphere for our Matildas when they come out for their send-off match uh, against France, and then a week later, you know, they've, we know now that we're going to have a record crowd at Marvel, right, to exceed, I think the current record's 36,000. So already we know they've broken that record. But a week later, or thereabouts, when Australia sets up to walk onto the pitch to play Ireland, um, that that record will be shattered because we're talking 91,000 people. How does that make you feel? Um, Look, I think it's wonderful and it's a testament to so many people who've helped uh, build and develop not just women's football but the game overall. Um, you know, women's football is, and this is one of the issues that we'll discuss at the festival mm. as well, it's, it's going through very strong moments at the moment for a whole range of reasons, not just related to football but what's going on in society as well. I was told half a dozen years ago, who wants to watch women's sport? I think the answers are coming think, thick and fast. I think most people have sort of moved on from that, yep. um, which, is, yep. which is great. Yep. And as I said, you know, football or sport is mm. benefiting also from a broader movement around women and gender equity, which is which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, to everybody who's ever dreamed of the moment where we'd be hosting a, a World Cup at home, and we have hosted World Cups at home before. Yes, the World Youth, youth Cup, teams. yeah. Um, and having 91,000 at the opening match, um, it's absolutely wonderful and, and uh, not to be unexpected really. And, you know, let's just hope that we make it to the final because that's what Australian football fans deserve. Oh, I was going to say it would be quite oh, just breathtaking to think that Australia could be there for the final game of the tournament. Uh, and I think the venue is Sydney, is it not? For the final? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. So it starts in New Zealand yep. and finishes in Australia, in Sydney. And I'm just thinking, it was only a year or two ago or 18 months ago when we saw the light. No, a year ago when Lionesses turned Europe up and down by playing some outstanding football and winning the Europe, the European Championship. Um, and the, the media has jumped on board. Are we going to get the television coverage that the, this World Cup deserves across the globe? Well, slowly but surely, um, FIFA seems to have been doing deals. Uh-huh. I think there's still a few um, areas that are holding out. I mean, last I read, uh, Japan still didn't have any broadcaster, which is pretty outrageous considering, um, you know, the Japanese women are very, very good and, and always sort of there or thereabouts in the, in the World Cup. Um, but I, I think, you know, as, as much as um, FIFA is trying to make a point in 
sort of probably a bit too clever by half by saying this should be self-funding. I think they also see that part of growing the game is making sure that people can actually see it. So Correct. I think they're making those deals. That is, that, that is just um, for me at this stage with weeks to go now, under a month to see the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, not to have those things locked in. But again, as you said, th- things are happening behind the scenes. Um, I, we, we hear that there are uh, a number of deals going on. What have you made about uh, the Matildas uh, gathering themselves now and they're getting closer and closer to their very own home in Victoria? Uh, look, I think that's all part of the same um, push and same movement of work that's been going on for years. And, you know, we're getting to this point where it's almost like a perfect storm type thing where so many things have happened at once, which has helped support um, women's sport to the point where it should be. I mean, it's not that they're getting anything special. It's, it's getting to the point where that's how the sport and that's how women's sport, but our sport in particular, should be supported and should be treated. Um, so I think having a home of Matildas and a home and a home of the Socceroos, I think that's necessary as well. Um, uh, they're all they're all good and great things. Uh, we we saw uh, one of the big sporting giants, namely uh, Puma, come on board and offer enormous support for the original Matildas. How do you feel about that? Well, we've got a book out about that, which we, um, the person who wrote it is Dr. Greg Downs. And, you know, he um, started writing it quite some time before the issue was was raised in the the media. So because books take a while before they actually appear. Um, Look, and I've I've got, I've written about this myself too. And it's hard to see um, when someone's played in the green and gold and they have the Australian crest and has been endorsed by the Australian Soccer Federation and it's a FIFA-sanctioned match, um, it's hard to see how they're not, they've not played for Australia. So I, I sort of think it's a little bit of history that needs writing and I understand that there are some people who may be a little bit put out by it, um, but it's better to get history right than for the sake of you know, then worrying about people wor- people being a little bit put out about it. As a newsman, um, as a newsman, I always want the 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 true story, the the accurate story, and I and I don't care for uh, this rewriting of history. If indeed they were, and I I'm led to believe by any number of sources, and even the players themselves, that was their understanding. They were representing Australia. And to think that there's a stumbling block and they cannot get that credibility or that um, uh, that uh, anointment as as the original Matildas just beggars belief. Uh, maybe I'm just obviously a little bit naive, no, naive about the topic, but I was just wondering what is the opposition to it? I, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just. We should to... read the book. <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely, but <laughs> yeah. what is sorry, the... Benita. <laughs> What is the... No, no, I I mean, definitely read the book by Greg Downs because it's an oral history. I mean, he's spoken with most of the women, so it's really interesting from that perspective. But, I mean, the short answer to that question is the opposition, what they they say is that this was basically a club team. Um, It wasn't wholly a club team, but it, it was principally. It was principally made up of a club team, but there was a whole lot of reasons for that. First of all, the Australian Women's Soccer Association didn't even exist in 1974-75. Um, 
in the form that later came to be. Sure. Um, and so there was no such thing. There wasn't any wasn't anything on the horizon of of women playing international games. So there was no sort of process in place to select them or that sort of thing. Um, The invitation was put to a group of women, you know, would you like to take part in this and represent Australia? I mean, they were the words used and they were like other national teams have had to do beforehand as well. They had to raise their own money and have Lavington drives and do all sorts of things to get there. Um, and people even try to say, oh, well, that just proves it wasn't a proper team. But oh. that defies what the times were. We're talking about 1975. Correct. I mean, Jesus, I was Socceroos team manager in the 1990s, and I know that sometimes the players had to pay. There you go. Um, so let alone 1975 and women. And, you know, all, let's not forget too, 1975 was International Year of the Women, uh, International Year of Women, um, for those of us who are old enough to remember. And there, you know, there was a great movement on the, to get to get women more involved in in everyday things. One of which was international football tournaments, and it, the people who sort of pushed this from an Asian Football Confederation perspective were really ahead of their time. And the Asian Football Confederation to this day considers that tournament to be the first Asian foot, uh, Asian championship for women. Did you get your answer? I did get my answer. There you go. But yeah, do read the book and have a <coughs> chat to Greg when you see him, Pakur, because he's uh, full bottle on it. <laughs> if, if, if I was Pakur, and I'm not, I'm not pushing her to do it, but I would, I would seek out an interview and we can play it on air. Yeah. It'd be I've... fantastic for a segment for State of Our Football Nation. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Gate crash and make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benita, uh, there are, I'm sure there are people who want to get involved. Uh, and if they do, how do they go about it? And what's, uh, and what's required? Uh, is there, is there a, 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 a fee that they have to pay uh, to participate or be a guest or whatever? Uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, you can get a day ticket, like yes. Saturday, Sunday or Monday. Uh, that. Ranges in price from twenty eight to thirty two dollars. Yep, um, which includes morning and afternoon refreshments. Or there you can get it for the three days and including the happy hour and hypothetical. That's about one hundred and twenty dollars. So that's where you get to mingle with everyone. Yeah, and look, the hypothetical will be fantastic. It's being held in a theatre. <clears throat> And we just put something out on social media earlier today about it. The scenario is it's twenty thirty four. Saudi Arabia is about to host the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Champions League is Champions League is the the power of the Champions League has been eroded by the new Club World Cup. Um, Very City topical. Football Group just Very... bought their twenty sixth football club. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the, all these scenarios which are going to sort of be discussed, and and you'll be interested to know with the City Football Group when I actually mentioned it to Simon Pearce and just sort of said, "Oh, you might be interested in this," and he said, "Oh no, we're not going to buy twenty six teams." <laughs> so, <laughs> have you heard the latest uh, from M- Mansoor? He's he's actually yeah. come out now and he's saying we're going to not only build because they've got a new Brazilian club uh, that's joined the city group. Um, so the numbers are building, and he's, yes. also, and he's also saying we're going to strive to make this, uh, this uh, city football group bigger and stronger than it is today, and uh, we are very keen to not only pursue 
and and uh, and uh, expose the best young talent around the world, but but bring them through our various uh, uh, teams and our academies. So you know the the hypothetical is getting closer and closer and closer. Who's going to host it? Uh, it's being anchored by Nick Harris, who's from the UK. He um, runs Sporting Intelligence. He's um, uh, an invest senior investigative reporter with the Mail on Sunday. Oh, um, that should be fun. He he yeah he knows these issues inside out. Of course he does. Um, yes. And it you know it includes the panel includes Tarek Panja from the New York Times. Um, it includes locals such as Brendan Schwab and who of course has worked very a lot internationally as well. Nick Galatis. So because there'll be issues around. Um, the national second division and other things. Part of the twenty thirty four scenario is that the USA and Australia still don't have promotion and relegation. So, you know, there, there's a whole lot of fun and serious and could be happening type issues in that hypothetical with a really strong panel. Uh, are you going to film any of this, or is it being covered by a net a network? Um, we are not filming that um, geez, session. I, no, geez, I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Uh, just, there's, just, there's a just a, just a note. Issue. Think about it. Should be very exciting. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a practical issue with it, which we're still um, trying to sort out. All right. Well, I wish you every success, uh, Benita. Um, we're we're entering the final straight. There were times that people were thinking this was never going to happen. Well, it's it's on our shores within weeks. We're we're going to have the world down under. We're going to have some of the biggest teams in the world. And uh, and I'm I'm already thinking of uh, the Port Melbourne um, custodians of the ground uh, that uh, Port Phillip Council is supposed to be looking after. They promised they would uh, make sure they would upgrade the facilities, and and the last thing they did was um, find a way to excuse themselves from doing the right thing and making sure the facility is uh, up to scratch which shows you that even with the best laid promises and commitments, some people still have the capacity to let you down. I'm hoping, though, that we can bounce past all that, uh, that, um, that interference and see something not only historic uh, but um, remarkable and, and able to change not only the mood in this country but the way people perceive the, the game and uh, leave leave a lasting legacy that will resonate for years to come. I know Pakua uh, is uh, wearing the biggest smile you have ever seen. Probably probably she'll have a slightly bigger smile when you see her in person. But That's um, for sure. she's excited about the the Writers Festival. And and how many days are you doing? Three days. Well, I'll be I'll be talking on the Monday, uh, but I'll certainly be around and you know obviously going to see some of these other talks as well because. And what are you talking about on the Monday? Uh, so on the Monday we're talking about uh, will the. Let me get the actual exact wording <laughs> of the, the question. It's the great debate. Yeah, the great. Let me get the exact wording of the question. It's Go on. That the women's uh, that the women's World Cup will be a cha- game changer for Australian football, and yeah. uh, I'm on the uh, yes side of that debate. Yeah, I'm backing the yes. The yes case. I think you you will um, you will emerge from that not only triumphant, but um, wearing an even bigger smile than you normally do. Uh, Benita, thank you very George, much. Can we I just sh- go back to your comment on Port Melbourne? Yes, the uh, the, I know uh, the, area the ground the ground and the Port Phillip Council have been tardy. Yes, and and that's a shame to hear because it's not only about the future and the present, but the past. Um, I. 
long, long time ago, Fisherman's Bend Migrant Hostel used to be in that area. Yes, yes. I, I know it because I lived there. Uh-huh. And I lived in the migrant hostel. And those the people who lived in that hostel also used that ground. Um, and so it's actually part of Port Melbourne's history because pro- all those yeah, people... Just, just don't tell Port Phillip Council because they're... Um, they're incapable of truly appreciating something that's staring them in the face. It's a, it's a wonderful way, if they do it right, to pay to pay uh, homage to uh, all those that have come before, from the early settlers uh, to that that vast generation of immigrants through the the fifties and sixties. And this is a, this would be a tremendous. A crowning moment for them to say we're proud members of the community, we're a proud council and look what we've done for uh, the people of, uh, of Port Phillip but clearly uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's an awful lot of interference from other agencies and um, that's an, a story for another time Yeah, yeah. Uh, Once again, thank you for giving us your time uh, we wish you a fantastic month and um, go the Writers' Festival. Make some history, yeah. Benita. Thank you, and same to you both, and I look forward to seeing you, Pakua, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Benita Merciades, just doing what she normally does, giving us a chance to think about the game, to think about the people behind the game, and to think about the wonderful people who've made it their uh, life mission to tell great stories. And uh, she's publishing... Uh, through Fair Play Publishing, uh, the the company, uh, as many books on the subject as possible. We'll take a short break. When we come back, uh, an opportunity to talk to Paul Iliopoulos from Football Victoria about the home of the Matildas, the new home of the Matildas, and about some of the things that Football Victoria is getting immersed in and when their next business function is uh, ready to rock and roll. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Pakua Frimpong is my co-host and we're coming out of the commercial break and uh, it's only appropriate that our next guest um, is introduced properly. He's the Commercial and Sponsorship Coordinator for Football Victoria. Um, Welcome and uh, good afternoon to Paul Iliopoulos. How are you, Paul? George, I'm well. How are you? I'm Thank you okay. For, um, Thank you for making yourself available. You're, you've got a thousand commitments. You've been in business uh, uh, meetings all afternoon and much of the morning. And you, you said to me, I've got a small window. Can we get this done? <laughs> I said, yes. Um, Paku is very keen also to hear uh, some news about the the new home of the Matildas that you're very proud uh, and, and excited yeah. about. Can you give us a bit more info? Uh, do, what do we know about this new home of the Matildas? Um, well, for starters, I've always got time for you, George. So, uh, <laughs> you know, always create time and, and all. Hang on, hang on. Are you sure it's time for me or is it time for George Columbaris? No, both. I, I thought you might be confusing me. <laughs> No, not at all. Both, both really good. Uh, good Georges associates, and you know, um, we talk the same language on many levels. So correct, mate. Correct. I'm for both. Um, yeah, look, going back to to the home of the Matildas, you know, as football Victoria in general, um, we're we're really excited. I'm excited um, for for the first time ever. Football in Victoria has got a home. Um, it's got a home where um, it, it's a little bit different to, to a normal sporting home. So it's um, 
uh, it's, that's why I guess it's called the home of the Matildas. So it's designed by women, built for women, um, and and a home for football here where um, we'll have access, we'll give access to predominantly the, the girls and the women, um, but also to the community, to, to everyone that can utilise. And, and I guess, you know, it's so exciting because apparently it's the best facility for women in the Southern Hemisphere. So um really excited and then I actually walked through it earlier today and some of the stuff that, that that's on off and I can't say too much because a lot of it is government protected and we can only say so much but okay uh, what you, yeah, can you really tell cool. us where it is for the for the oh, for the international are? and uh, and also uh, national guests around the, around Australia listening to football nation radio uh, they may be wondering what part of uh, of Melbourne it'll be in can we tell them that much at least of course, yes. Yeah. So it's based in Bandura. So we've worked really closely together, not only with, um, you know, with the state government, but also with La Trobe University, um, who's one of our partners. So it is in Bandura. Um, it's pretty much there, nearly there. So the Matildas will probably spend some time there to, to train um, before the Women's World Cup. Um, and then we're going to have a nation that will be based out of there for, for the Women's World Cup, which is... Exciting itself, George. You know, it's, it's a, one of the biggest events we, we've held for, for many years. Uh, we were talking to Benita Mercedes a little while ago, and uh, she's got a, a huge writers' festival with international guests and, and, and writers coming in from uh, around the globe. Uh, and we're talking uh, in the most eclectic way. They're coming from Africa. They're coming from the United States. They're coming from Europe. They're coming from Britain. They're coming from Asia. So we are, we've got the world. Uh, about to uh, uh, descend on Australia, and rest assured, uh, I think it's uh, July. When's the send-off game? Is it the eleventh? The fourteenth. It's the game at Marvel Stadium. It's Australia v France, and already we're hearing there may be. Uh, I think the only thing up for grabs are restricted uh, viewing seats, because they're, they're, what is it? Forty thousand plus. Tickets have already gone, and and capacities are out about fifty seven. I think is the record there, which was set by the the Wallabies when they played the the Lions a number of years years ago. And I was there for that record breaking occasion, and I'm also going to be there um, watching the women, the Matildas take on France. Uh, will you be there, Paul? Hundred percent, George. I mean, we're we're all behind the Matildas. I mean, um, as a nation, as football, um, it's really exciting. I mean, you know, there's a very good chance. I think we'll, we'll give it a good nudge. We'll give it a good, you know. Um, we're, I mean, we're not the favourites, but I think we're in the top three or four. Um, and I reckon if, uh, yeah, like if we have a really good run, we can we can win it. Um, no, you I mean, know, the nation. I was going to the say, them, yeah, yeah, the I was behind gonna, them, we are. And- I was going to say, you're absolutely right. Uh, we need a good run. We need a, a little fortune, like every uh, team does in every competition. Even Argentina, when it won the uh, the World Cup in, in Qatar, uh, it 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 came off a, a loss in the first game, uh, and everyone said, "Wow, get a look at this." And of course, then they gathered themselves. They had a really close game against the uh, the Socceroos, and we remember the uh, the final moments when a young guy called Garen Quall almost equalised to 
to send the game into uh, into extra time. It didn't happen. Uh, Argentina won, and of course they just got better and better and better, and and mm. won their way. Uh, so exciting things can happen, but you need a bit of fortune. And you're right. There's there's a nation riding on the shoulders of the girls, or or lifting the girls up. But we've also got New Zealand, um, really keen to make uh, a statement. Um, just the, the sheer fact that we're co-hosts uh, is pretty exciting stuff. Uh, in the past, whenever both countries have come together, they've done something special. This promises to be extraordinary. We already know that this game in Marvel will break the current uh, attendance record for a Matildas game, which is 36,000. So already going to the ground, you know that you're part of the new history. Mm. 100% George and and I think as a nation we've just we we're, we're so excited I mean we are as football Victoria and, and football in general but I think as a nation we're, we're just so confident and behind this Matilda's team that um you know not 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 only with with this specific game but I think even at training sessions you know people want to go and see the Matilda's train and and just want to support in every way and level um that they can um and, and that's really great. Paul, you know, Paul, like, Paul Liliopoulos is our special guest. And I was just saying, Paul, uh, as you were talking, I, I kept thinking of the last business function we had with Football Victoria. It, it was held at Ultra Football um, in, um, in Kip Street in, um, Abbotsford? in Abbotsford. And as I walked through that complex, that's got to be one of uh, Australia's best kept secrets, hasn't it? The facility is amazing. It is because it combines a few things. George. Oh, it combines, you know, indoor pitches. Yeah, indoor pitches, hospitality, retail, wholesale. Combines a lot of things. Well, that was that was an outstanding uh, way to host the last business function, and the other thing I loved about it was you got so many people together and you picked their brains. That was the that was the thing that uh, was pretty exciting. People got a chance to talk to you and the uh, number of the other coordinators, and we got to cover so much territory. Something I hadn't imagined when I put my hand up to say, "Yeah, I'll be there for the breakfast." George, our stakeholders are really important, um, and I think having businesses there and and all our stakeholders. I mean, you know, our CEO was there, Kimon. So he obviously gave an update about the game and the sport. But getting involved, like having all these stakeholders getting involved, is really important, right? And then that's what keeps our game ticking and then that's what keeps us growing. I wanted to ask you, Paul, I was going to go a little bit back to obviously the Women's World Cup. Obviously with that uh, facility in Bundura, I think that was announced that Jamaica would be would be uh, based there. And obviously Heidelberg are doing work to their pitch as well right now ahead of that. Is that, do we know like when's that going to be completed? And uh, is the whole facility in Bundura, is it going to be officially open by the time Jamaica is there as well? I don't know if you just touched on that before. Yeah, so you're correct. You're right. Um, Jamaica will be based out of um, out of our home. Um, it definitely will be completed. Um, I guess it's it's pretty much completed now. Just touching up on certain things and and defects as you do with a new uh, facility. But um, yeah, hundred percent will be completed. I'm not a hundred percent sure across the, the Heidelberg facility um, how far off that is. Um, but yeah, in terms of the home of the Matildas, um, yeah, definitely hundred percent completed. Is Lakeside going to be used by international teams? 
Yes, that also will be used. Wow. So it's another facility, yeah. How fantastic is that? Because that that facility that that facility in the heart of the city, what people don't realise that they haven't been to Lakeside is what the, what a magnificent cityscape you get uh, when you're at at a, at a game there uh, uh, during the day or during the evening. It it looks yeah. mag- Melbourne never looks better than uh, than when the lights are on and you can see the cityscape in the background. It's just spectacular. So let's see what. Now, let's see which teams get to enjoy uh, that facility. I understand uh, South Melbourne's going to have to step out for a couple of weeks uh, while that, that goes on. Uh, where will they be playing? Where do they go? Or is, or is the competition in, uh, in, in, it's sort of going to be halted while the Women's World Cup takes on? No, they'll, they'll be utilising another facility. Right. Um, so the NPL continues, the competition? Correct. Yeah, the, the whole sport continues. I mean, it's so big and so large that we've got so many things happening that we, we can't afford to, to hold it, really. No, I, mean, I understand. We've, yeah, we've got a, a number of uh, MPLs won. We've got the, um, like, we've got cup games. We've got, you know, Seven Doherty Cup, as you would know. Yep. We've got NPL, you know, Nike Cups that will still go ahead. Um, but yeah, some of these venues will, will be utilized by FIFA and, and the World Cup. Uh, have, have sponsors uh, seen the opportunities and decided to come on board? Um, they have, um, for sure. But um, look, the, the World Cup's a World Cup, so that that's kind of a little bit different because that's... Um, You're locked out of uh, deals, huh? Well, we are because that's FIFA run yep. um, and FIFA control. So yes. FIFA sort of uh, oversee that whole commercial aspect of, of the World Cup. Uh, talking about commercial and sponsorship uh, coordinating, uh, this is one of the jobs that you, uh, one of the many jobs that you do at Football Victoria. Um, all these Nike Cups and the Doherty Cup and so on, are we seeing more and more people coming to the party and wanting to be part of the these competitions? And of course, the National Second Division is just around the corner, getting closer, closer, closer. We're seeing yeah. now Football Australia saying to uh, what is it, twenty six clubs. Come and we want to talk about the next step. That's that must be pretty exciting too, huh? It is. Look, you know, in terms of um, you know commercially and, and sponsors, um, we, we definitely have. I mean, we're, we're record breaking in terms of registrations. Um, we're record breaking in terms of you know um, referees want to be involved. Um, so you know, probably post COVID or pre COVID, we're sort of we're looking at numbers that. Um, we haven't had for a while. Um, so people want to be involved again in the game. Um, I mean, World Cups help, Socceroos help. Um, you know, the, there's many aspects of that. But, um, yeah, all, all the numbers are really, you know, we, we looked at the numbers today, the, the records, right, and, and really excited, and um, which brings sponsors to the table and then brings, you know, commercially people that want to get involved in the game. Paul, I wanted to ask, obviously with the home of the Matildas going to be in Bandura, will that mean that we'll have a rise in the amount of Matildas games? And obviously the, the World Cup has got the places they're going to play is already set. But I mean, post the World Cup, are we going to see more uh, games the Matildas play be based out of Melbourne? Because I think recently we've seen a lot played in Queensland and a lot's played in New South Wales. But I don't I think the Sweden game was the last game the Matildas actually played here. And that was a while before that, before they were here there as well. Um, I'd love to say yes right now without, you know, <laughs> unofficially and, and 
I guess, you know, it will definitely be a base for the Matildas. Um, whether that means predominantly training rather than games or vice versa, then um, I can't probably, you know, guarantee your answer you that now. But I, me personally, I'd like to say yes. Um, I mean, this facility and, and hopefully one day we'll get you guys through and have a look at it as well. But um, it's state of the art. So, you know, there's dressing rooms built just for the Matildas, right? There's... You know, all these high-tech, you know, um, things that we, we've added to the facility that the Matildas want to be there and, and want to use that. Uh, the next business function for Football Victoria, when's it coming up? And are you going to take advantage so, of the World Cup? Um, yeah, well, we're going to theme it around the Women's World Cup because it makes sense, George. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have, you know, obviously guests and people that we want to uh, bring to on the day. It will be on the 7th of July. Um, at Leonda by the Yarra. Yep. Um, so great venue. Um, again, we're probably looking at, you know, around about 300 guests to have there and Football Victoria website's got all the details, um, tickets that people can, you know, can grab and, and be involved. Um, themed around Women's World Cup, uh, prizes, and you've been to, to a few, so you know what it looks like. So exciting sort of luncheon for, you know, for um, Paul, the last one, and- the last one I did at Leonda was the uh, one of the luncheons for the ICC. They had Spurs there, and uh, we got a chance to greatest day of your life, George. Yes, <laughs> we got a chance. Imagine if we had Ange with us. Can you imagine? Um, uh, uh, we that's, a, that's another conversation and, and channel oh, together. Uh, oh, can you imagine? Um, and we we got on the uh, the boat. Uh, at Leonda, yes. and we went to the MCG. Thank you very much. Then we yes. wandered up the road to George Columbaris's press club. We fed yes. some of the VIPs, and then we took them across to the ICC to see Manchester City play Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, there you go. Was that, that was a tough gig. And yes. talk about a football day. day. It was a long, fabulous day, and and I and I it, I remember almost every detail. Just fabulous stuff. Um, by the way, you, we touched on Ange. What does that news mean to you? Because you've known Ange and others uh, mm. for Victoria, uh, for South Melbourne, and for his family and friends. That's a huge call, isn't it? It's a huge call, not only with who you've just mentioned, George, but for Australia in general. Um, I, I mean, I, I grew up watching Ange, and, and I've met Ange many times and had many chats before we got to this level, but yeah, like 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 you say, it's huge. It's it's huge, you know, for for Australia, for football, um, you know, for, for for you know for for anything that you can really talk about when it comes to football here. Um, and and I think putting us on the map and at that elite level just shows that there are pathways. You know, there there are ways oh, yeah. that if you oh, work hard right. that. You'll get to, to the top, you know, and and, and Anne just proven that. Not only is he proving it, uh, a number of his disciples and assistants of the last few years uh, are getting their own gig. We're seeing uh, John Mont- uh, Johnny, uh, sorry, uh, young uh, Joe Montemuro uh, doing things. He's done them, of course, at Arsenal uh, for the women's. He's at, at Juventus now. We're seeing uh, Michael Valkanis take over one of the top. Uh, 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 clubs in Israel. Uh, we're seeing Paolo uh, doing some wonderful stuff uh, in in Belgium. Kevin Musket, and Kevin, Musket, and Kevin Musket, Musket, you know another one, another one of the boys that learned his football in Victoria. Uh, 
and he just continues to keep building on his CV. Um, so yeah. for all those people who love the game, but importantly all the Victorians who've, who've supported the game for ages and ages, this is enormous validation and what a wonderful uh, way to put a smile on your face when you see them doing their stuff and doing it on the world stage. Mm. It just proves, like I said earlier, that there is a pathway. I think, you know, um, if you work hard and, and you believe what you do, and there's definitely a pathway to Back to yourself, to- yeah. Back yourself. Got to back yourself, yeah. Uh, Paul Iliopoulos is our, has been our guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Thank you, Paul. Uh, once again, remind us the date of the uh, uh, f- uh, the function, the luncheon. Is it a luncheon or breakfast at Leonda? It's a luncheon. A luncheon. Um, this one's a luncheon. So yep. um, the date. So seventh of July. So about two and a half weeks away. Um, please jump onto the Football Victoria website um, to grab yourself some tickets because it will be limited. So we want to go just under three hundred guests for this one. So please attend. Um, and George would love to have you there as well. Thank you very much, my boy. We'll do, we'll do our level best for you. Paul <laughs> Iliopoulos no. joining us on FNR. Thank you, Paul. Uh, there Thank you go, Pakua. There you go. Uh, exciting stuff. Some big things happening. Um, you, of course, I wish you every success for the Writers' Festival. That should be a hoot. And uh, bring home the the, um, the trophy for, for winning the... Uh, the best presenter role in in Sydney. <laughs> I don't know if I'll. I don't know if oh, I'll you get can that. do it. You can I, do I'm it. I'm just, just there to absorb as much information from. Uh, don't take people. a backward step. <laughs> I won't. And give them and give them hell. <laughs> I, I certainly will try my best. Uh, by the way, uh, just before we go, before we wrap it up, um, I noticed there's some very big moves being played out in Britain at the moment. Yeah. Arsenal want a guy called Declan Rice. Has anyone told you that? That West Ham is coming to Australia? Yeah, they have. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll put out in Arsenal's bid if we can't get in by then. <laughs> but we've, we've actually signed Kai Havertz this morning. You signed? Yeah, Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. Yeah, okay, signed. okay, help me here. You know this game pretty well. Yeah. Where in heaven's name are you going to play him? Uh, well, Jacques is gone, so I presume in Jacques' role and Declan Rice, if we can get him, we'll probably play in the role that uh, Thomas Partey used to occupy. So where's Partey gone? I th- well, he's at the end of the last season. He just wasn't particularly in our in our starting eleven, and I think he's out of favour. And I heard this morning that a Saudi Arabian team are putting in a bid for him, which it feels like every set, like every single player on the face of the planet is going to play in Saudi Arabia. At the uh, there's a Chelsea player who the Chelsea squad is playing who, in Saudi Arabia. I was just going to say there's a Chelsea player who started off his career in in the EPL with Leicester. Um, and um, he's just signed. I think he's going to end up with about uh, $100 million. Um, Chelsea player? Um, just think of a man who runs with um, uh, no batteries. He's he, just ceaseless running. Oh, N'Golo Kante. Yeah, N'Golo Kante. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I- it's just remarkable. But, again, supply and demand, The like live golf, there's this brand new competition, and uh, and who led the way there? A guy called Ronaldo. Yeah, but- who scored his what is it? Two hundredth? No, two hundredth goal? No, oh, he's two hundredth international. Appearance. How many goals has he scored? About one hundred and fifty. About too many. But what I was going to say, many. what I was going to say is, I think that the the Ronaldo one is different because I don't think there were many in- many European clubs were wanting to sign Ronaldo at Correct. the time. But yeah. the Chelsea one is a little bit complex in the fact that Chelsea. 
a portion of their ownership is based out of Saudi Arabia. Yes, yes. So it's a lot easier for them to offload some of the players they do not want. Which offload? Which they have certainly offloaded a lot. Wow. Few. And they've got a brand new coach at Chelsea. Sounds familiar. His yep. name is Maurizio Pochettino. Yeah. The man who was formerly at Paris Saint-Germain. Do you miss him? No. No. <laughs> I've learned in life there's no point looking back. Fair enough. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know where all the history happens? Going forward. And if, and if all those things in, in, the, in, the, in the history books were that important, your rearview mirror would be 100 foot wide and in Super HD. So look forward and congratulations, Kai Havertz. Yeah. I wonder if you'll make the grade. There Probably, you go. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot oh, of money. We'll okay. See. Excellent. Uh, until next week, uh, this is uh, George Stanekian signing off on behalf of Pakur Frimpong, who has been ruthless this week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.